0: Welcome to NFT Talent Talks, where we explore the people of Web3 and their impact on the future of technology. In this episode, we're thrilled to speak with Mark Anders, a business engineer and research associate at the Frankfurt School Blockchain Center. Mark is leading the NFT Talent Mentoring Program at FSPC, and he is a researcher and lecturer in the area of Web3 ecosystem, including DeFi, DApps, DAOs, and NFTs. He's also interested in the industrial application of DLT and blockchains, making him a valuable asset in the blockchain community. Join us as we dive into Mark's insights in the world of NFTs and blockchain technology. So grab a banana, sit back, and let's get started. So uh, welcome, Mark. And uh, let's perhaps start with a quick intro of who you are. And uh, what do you do these days?
1: Yeah, um, thanks, Ander. Um My name is Mark Anders, and indeed, yes, I'm from Germany. Um, I'm located in Frankfurt. And there's also the Frankfurt School of Finance and Management is located a university where I'm actually working. And um, there we have uh, the Frankfurt School Blockchain Center, where we have different talent programs uh, doing not mainly or not only education, but a big part of uh, what we are doing is education on the blockchain and Web3 space. And yeah, in this role, um, I'm actually the project manager of NF- yeah. Talents, yeah, which is an online, a free online uh, mentoring program, which runs around 18 weeks. And, yeah, and people can apply and um, get started in the Web3 or NFT space.
0: Cool. Uh, but before, uh, before we go any deeper into what is talents, uh, what do you do at uh, Frankfurt uh, uh, School uh, Blockchain Center, and uh, everything else uh, fun, uh, let's perhaps uh, start a couple of years uh, back and uh, uh, could you also uh, say what you've been doing before Web3 uh, came into your life and, uh, and how
1: did you get to Web3 in general? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, From my general background, um, I'm an industrial engineer. So I studied here around five years in Germany, bachelor and then the master. um, Had some internships in between, was always a working student in the automotive industry, but also some other industries. And during my studies, I, I was aware in general of the whole blockchain ecosystem. But um, I didn't dive in deeper. Um, I had many discussions uh, with other students and so on, but I never dived in deeper. And yeah, when I graduated, um, I um, yeah finished with a research project, but then started my career in the automotive industry here in Germany, and um, yeah in our, um in a position, let's say, more in the supply chain management or business planning. Yeah, where I planned the uh, processes around the whole um car yeah order to delivery process, let's say, and from the factory to the customer. Um, but yeah, it was during that time and uh, I realized there are also other interesting things. Um yeah, during that time, I then read more about uh, Ethereum, smart contract platforms in general. And that's, that's how I some, somehow dived in, in the space.
0: But I understand that uh, before
1: uh, getting into V3,
0: you actually spent some time uh, working within the automotive space uh, with uh, Hyundai, right? Yes, yes. And are you still involved
1: with them? Or this is now a forgotten history? Actually, I'm somehow still involved. So during that time, I was full, uh, full-time employee. Hyundai, and at some point I then decided that I want to dive in deeper also professionally in this space, and therefore applied at the Frankfurt School Blockchain Center as a research assistant, and I got accepted and then negotiated with my employer that I first of all would would reduce my working time there to 50 percent, so at the moment, I'm somehow with one foot in the Web3 ecosystem, but with the other foot still back in the traditional automotive industry, I would say.
0: Okay. So uh, are you also uh, pushing Hyundai from the inside to uh, get involved with uh, Web3, uh, similar to how uh, Skoda is involved and uh, some of the other uh, luxury cars are?
1: Yeah, actually, I had also some internal dis- discussions and Hyundai is actually doing already um, some things, but more on the, the marketing side. So um, yeah, they are, they have launched some NFTs and also are a bit active in the metaverse and so on. So they have some initiatives there, which mainly are driven by um, the Korean headquarter. But I'm also, as I'm now more in the product team, I'm also in contact um, with other product managers regarding the use of blockchain technology in the future. For example, um, for things like um, car sharing, digital key, um, in-car payments, or machine-to-machine car payment, and so on. So there are a few use cases, which are mainly based on some kind of digital ID, a vehicle ID. which could enable a lot of services around uh, around it.
0: Yeah, and uh, digital ID is uh, one of the fields that you're involved uh, more heavily these days,
1: right? Yeah, um, I mean, I think it's also an essential part if we yeah, speak about then the creator economy and so on. Similar, it could be done in the uh, in the automotive industry, for me, the general identification in some cases, of course not everywhere, but in some cases, uh, uh, an important starting point to build on uh, in the you yeah, to build on in the virtual life, be it a person or be it a uh, vehicle or uh, other things. Um, I think the, yeah, correct identification. Um, isn't, isn't an important base layer somehow
0: yeah uh, and and then uh, something else that very much goes into uh, the car uh, field I guess uh, would be all sorts of uh, uh, digital passports uh, for the uh, vehicles themselves uh, whether it is uh, from the supply chain angle or uh, they're like kind of a method to uh, keep their lifetime information all uh, digital, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, this digital ID, it could start with the manufacturing or even with the parts. And um, some uh, automotive companies like Renault actually did it already with some parts tracking. And it could uh, go through the whole life cycle of the vehicle from the re- registration process uh, or from the supply chain to the registration process to then additional service around the maintenance, around payment, and additional car- connect services, um, it could evolve over the whole vehicle lifetime until until it's going, going to uh, yeah, be thrown away and the parts could be identified and so on. But mainly for me here, um, we have in my opinion, we have to differentiate a bit between is it only nice to have or is it really a, a use case or a business case and as far as i have seen the whole enterprise blockchain systems who were only doing it for internal and um, transactions and internal um, transparency have been not so successful as it actually only costs money rather than generating any and yeah that's my personal view that at the moment, um, yeah, more the public projects and real business cases are evolving, uh, rather than rather than um, only transparency and process optimization projects.
0: Yeah, very much so. Uh, as someone who comes from the supply chain industry and uh, digitalization of uh, manufacturing as well, then. Uh, it's kind of a dream of mine that eventually all of supply chains and manufacturing companies would be utilizing some sort of system that would allow more frictionless information exchange as well as a method to make sure that the information provided is accurate, especially when it comes to international trade. And that's that's where it becomes super important. However, as we have been seeing uh, from the last uh, year, year and a half, then it is more a dream. And as you said, uh, in many cases, it's uh, still too expensive or it can be just uh, ineffective when it comes to the user experience as onboarding uh, similar uh, systems these days uh, still takes a lot of uh, processing power from those uh, companies and many of them uh, still haven't even... uh, onboarded to cloud, so uh, there's a little leap that they need to do before we can uh, uh, fully get this business case working.
1: Yeah. yeah, and also think that many big companies are a bit hesitating to use public blockchains. They were rather um, fascinated by the idea of having their own blockchain, uh, consortium blockchains and so on. But yeah, as you mentioned, it's relatively expensive to maintain the whole thing and um yeah also the development of the whole thing public uh, blockchains at the moment just have uh, a lot more development power and so on behind it so I think this is a big advantage or disadvantage for enterprise blockchains and so on yeah
0: and uh, that's what we saw in uh, November when uh, uh,
1: IBM together with uh,
0: uh, Musk, uh, shut down TradeLens which uh, for a brief uh, moment uh, seemed to become the Projects that uh, all uh, manufacturing companies could be utilizing to uh, use the private blockchains or kind of consortium uh, way, but uh, it didn't really work out. And I think that's uh, uh, that's where we should realize that the uh, consortium blockchains like that uh, most likely uh, won't end up working. We still need to figure out a way how to make the public blockchains work for the enterprises as well.
1: Right. Uh, I mean, we saw some cases there, but I would say mainly at the moment it's more on the yeah, stock market and so on. I saw, for example, in Germany, uh, banks have now issued first Siemens stock on the Polygon blockchain. So finance industry here is clearly in, in, the, um, in the pole position there, but this links a bit to the argument I had before that um, they have a business case, which they can pr- bring directly on the blockchain. And with other industries, it's a bit uh, different as the, for example, automotive, the core of the automotive industry is to sell cars. And at the moment, yeah, they cannot bring that on the on chain. But if we think about maybe more shared mobility services in the future, um, this may change. Yeah.
0: Uh, once we go into the uh, shared ownership of uh, different, uh, let's say, robot taxis, then uh, maybe that's where uh, something could uh, start working out uh, uh, fine. But uh, again, uh, it's a couple of years until we get there, most likely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think even in the finance industry, we are still early. But in, when it comes to other you know, industries, we are super, super early. So. There are some patients needed, I guess.
0: But other than the companies themselves needing to figure out the business cases, uh, is there any other specific things that you see from within the industry that need to happen before uh, companies such as Hyundai could start one, uh, playing around with blockchain?
1: Um, how, how do you mean that? that? Is it another
0: business case? Or... No, it's uh, like, is there something that needs to happen either on the technology side, on the regulatory side or something else uh, that uh, would would potentially enable them to uh, start uh, playing around with it more than just from
1: the marketing standpoint? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for example, as I mentioned, this digital vehicle ID, if this gets accepted by... Yeah, that's the authorities, and um, becomes uh, industry standard. I mean, the other, I think they have to collaborate. I think this would be a good starting point because if one, there are actually consortiums working on that. For example, the mo- mobility blockchain initiative, mo- short Mobi, from the US, they have um, they are working on such standards to do a base layer and um, to introduce things like a digital vehicle ID to start with, things like that.
0: Yeah, so most probably the technology still just needs to evolve a little bit, but we also need more adoption and then, then eventually, maybe. Uh, and that's a good segue to uh, asking you, what do you actually do at uh, Frankfurt School
1: Blockchain Center and what it is? Um, yeah, the, the Frankfurt School Blockchain Center is essentially a blockchain think tank, which was founded in 2017 by Professor Zantner. And yeah, in the beginning, they focused uh, a lot on the enterprise blockchains, but um, now our common understanding is that we are more interested in public uh, blockchain systems. And in general, as it is at, a, at the university, we're doing education. A bit of consulting and but we also have a, another company connected to us which is uh, handling the bigger projects and then also events and conferences and yeah some other um, projects where we are involved in and yeah when we are talking about the education side there um, we are of course collaborating with the university where we have some seminars and also now um, uh, yeah some lectures in the bachelor degrees and also now the new master of blockchain digital assets where i'm also involved as a lecturer so that is one part i'm uh, involved another part our uh, web 3 talents programs which are yeah online education programs all run around 18 weeks so it's bi-weekly sessions 10 sessions per program and it's more a mentoring program and the program I'm handling there is the NFT talents program. And yeah, here comes the connection to NFT talent mainly. Um, as we, we, yeah, we are uh, inviting up to 200 talents there per cohort and educating them or actually pushing them to educate themselves during this 18 weeks, um, yeah, to, to, to start a career in the web three space. And that's that's the main part I'm doing. Besides that, I'm also in an uh, EU project which is called Art echo where we are together with different other research partners working on also a kind of fellowship program to bring together NFT artists and yeah the NFT technology or artists and NFT technology, so technology and economy somehow together. Um, this is a program or yeah, a project which we run now for two years. And yeah, besides that, I'm here and there also involved in smaller projects.
0: And now I understand that it's part of the actual Frankfurt School of Management. And, uh, and right. it's the blockchain center uh, inside there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like research and how, institute.
1: Yeah.
0: And how long has it uh, been... A part of the school so far, like um, is it just a relatively new pro- uh, project, or have they been doing this for
1: a couple of years already? So the blockchain center was founded in two thousand and seventeen already so couple okay. of years and it has grown a lot since then. I think they started with a few few people now we are around fifteen people and have founded also some other companies and associations around it.
0: Okay. Yeah. And for those that um, may not know uh, Frankfurt School, then it is a uh, very notable uh, school based in uh, Frankfurt, uh, Germany. Uh, So uh, if they're already uh, playing around and uh, trying to uh, educate people about uh, different uh, blockchain use cases, then uh, I guess uh, We need to tell all the naysayers that uh, technology is here to stay. Now the question is, which use cases will be here, and and that's where I understand that uh, uh, the FSBC is focusing on uh, more or less like everything. So starting with the crypto assets and digital securities, digital euro, CBDCs, but then also tokenization of assets, DeFi, and NFTs. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so mainly our. Main focus, of course, is very wide. So not every one of us is focusing on on all of at a time. I, for example, would say I'm more focused in DeFi and NFTs in general. But then we have others who are maybe working more on digital euro, CBDC, or in general um, tokenization and so on.
0: Yeah. Oh, cool! And when it comes to uh, DeFi and NFTs then uh, one thing we already understand is that you're working with the uh, digital ID and uh, greater economy side. But uh, is there any other specific areas that you are uh, deep diving into?
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, I started uh, basically with um, smart contract platforms in general, so the Ethereum ecosystem and so on. And, yeah, what fascinated me there was... Um, the permissionless financial inclusion in general, I would say. So if you are starting with a um, self-hosted, can connect to decentralized exchanges and can just peer-to-peer trade and so on, just relying on smart contracts. So I would say in general, um, this whole DeFi ecosystem from decentralized exchanges, smart contracts, token standards, and so on is yeah, also a field of interest and research.
0: Oh, cool. Uh, and then energy talents, uh, is this, uh, kind of like a, uh, part of, uh, the blockchain center or is this a, a separate project?
1: Um, yeah, actually the blockchain center fo- founded the web three we called it now web three talents and we have four pro- programs below it and uh, they are called the DLT talents. Which was essentially the first program, uh, which was for women only, or is for women only, because the background was to bring, to empower women in the blockchain space, because the professor had just a view that it's very male dominated, and he wanted to change that at least in the German market a bit. And I think it was very successful. And as the demand grew from then, it was in 2020 already when we founded that. Each year uh, we found a new program. And um, so in 2021, it was then DeFi Talents. The, the year after, when I also started, it was NFT Talents. And then since this year, we already also have Bitcoin Talents because the demand there uh, was also high uh, from yeah, people really focused on, on the Bitcoin technology itself.
0: OK, and so in it, I understand that you're giving people a full crash course. Uh, into uh, the technology with uh, leading uh, experts about uh, what has been done and what is possible, right?
1: Yeah, so um, actually, as I mentioned, it's a mentoring program. So we are more guiding the people with assignments. Um, So it starts with the basics, with smart contracts, with token standards, Marketplace, and we go over to digital art, um, other use cases. And um, in each session, usually then the talent self uh, present their content and also get feedback then from other talents and so on. And yeah, we also invite um, leading industry experts uh, for guest lectures. In every session, there's then one guest lecture held by someone who usually yeah, has founded a startup or some other project um, and is presenting his use case, his future outlook, and yeah, giving some insights uh, where this all may lead to.
0: And who have been the biggest uh, experts or founders so far
1: uh, joining this program? Um, I would say, yeah, I'm not sure if they're all famous here because we, we are of course, invited to people from more the uh, central, European or central European or even German ecosystem, as they are mainly, of course, connected to us. Um, so we have different interesting companies. I think some start from startups to, I think, for example, a famous lo- lawyer here in Germany is called Alireza. Um, He's um, working on a lot of uh, legal things there. So I think he uh, is always a good expert in in that terms. And then we have a few other startups and companies. We are even working with one bank now. Um, So um, one bank is off the program somehow and is supporting us. And I would say probably the most famous player we are working together is finance. So we are working together... With, with, the Binance, with the Binance team, and um, yeah, they are also held a guest lecture recently at DeFi talents, and I guess they will also hold one at NFT talents. And yeah, even though they have a very centralized approach, I would say so. Besides the Binance smart chain and so on, but they, yeah, still they are probably the most famous player. Yeah, we are we are in touch with.
0: Very cool. Quick banana break. I'd like to take a moment to tell you about an event I'm organizing. NFT Tallinn, the biggest web-free event in Northern and Eastern Europe. NFT Tallinn is your bridge to Europe, where the brightest minds in the industry come together to discuss and present the latest trends and developments in the nascent web-free world. The main event will be held from May 8th to 10th, and will feature keynote speakers, panel discussions, networking opportunities, VIP dinners, and more. In addition, the community will host hackathons, side events, and much more throughout the week starting May 5th. Tickets are available now. To learn more and secure your ticket, visit nfttalin.com. It's an event well worth your time. So when it comes to you specifically, uh, then other than... uh, working as a researcher uh, or research associate at, uh, at the school and uh, also running the NFT talents uh, program, then uh, what do you personally are most excited uh, about when it comes to that free? And uh, have you perhaps already been thinking about uh, starting some uh, project yourself or are you rather someone that uh, uh,
1: wants to stay in the education field? Yeah, uh, indeed, I'm working on 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 several things. i or i at least have it in my mind some are more concrete, some less. Um, but yeah, one project I would say in the DeFi fi- field is at the moment that we are working on some kind of token research cooperate. Um, so we've developed some kind of um, token evaluation before because. There are so many tokens around, and it's hard to deep dive in all of them in the whole ecosystem as, yeah, the whole token economics um, is usually quite complex and so on, so we need some time um, to do that. So I I was to uh, build some token reports and so on. So a a whole database based on collaborators we want to work together with um, and work out a whole um, token report. Which is based on data, but also manual research work, which then gets together in one uh, kind of re- report. And I could imagine that, um, yeah, that um, there are also getting work um, connected to that, so that um, you might get asked to um, consult in some token economics uh, things. And in general, um, I think this whole field of tokens and token economics and that you can build on uh, is very interesting. So it really fascinates me that you can build somehow a business model based on, 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 the, on the token um, system. So that's, that's mainly one, one thing I'm currently... Oh, cool. Yeah,
0: so I hope that by, by May, in a couple of months' time, we'll uh, learn even more, and you'll be able to make some uh, nice uh, announcements, uh, perhaps during uh, during the event uh, in Tallinn.
1: Yeah, I hope so too, and I think um, I'm quite um, quite positive about that. Uh, I think there we can could um, see some results. And as you asked um, other topics, um, I find very interesting is in general. Yeah, for the creator economy, this, uh, things like NFT events, tickets, and so on, so that you could create an event based on, on uh, an NFT and it can be directly um, sold. And that, what I would like to see there is um, a really tradable asset because all I have seen at the moment is more um, not really tradable on the second market and so on. And um, what I would like to see there is that that it is basically an ERC seventy to one standard, uh, something maybe connected to it, which which yeah. which can really um, be an event ticket, and which you can trade to whoever whoever you want. You can decide the the royalty fees and so on. And yeah, that this is something I find very interesting.
0: In fact, when it comes to event ticketing. Now, this is uh, something that we are looking to soon announce that uh, all uh, previous ticket holders, uh, as well as uh, those that are uh, starting to buy tickets uh, from uh, there on, can uh, uh, claim their tickets uh, also as NFTs, uh, which will be uh, openly tradable, the OpenSea and uh, other platforms as well, if they so want. So uh, uh, it's it's something that we have been thinking about uh, since the time we hosted the event last year yeah but at that point uh, we saw that the big friction was that most of those uh, providers expected that uh, the buyers of th- uh, would already be very native and they would already have wallets uh, but now we finally have found uh, at least one kit provider that has uh, built their system so that you can uh, start by Uh, buying the ticket uh, in an analog way in a sense where if you don't have the wallet it will be just uh, sent to your uh, email uh, and uh, the ticket would still be on chain uh, claimable uh, by you once you do have the wallet. So uh, frictionless for those that don't care about this but at the same time uh, super easy for those that uh, do care about it and uh, also enabling both uh, uh, fiat and uh, crypto payments which uh, as a next step, and that's uh, one of the use cases that I see for the NF tickets is that uh, you're able to connect uh, the ID of the uh, person or at least their wallet that that's uh, attending the event and uh, also connect all the people that they have been uh, connecting with throughout mm-hmm. the event and kind of uh, maybe generate some sort of uh, po up system next to it so you would uh, be able to collect points uh, or different uh, activities uh, as you go through the event. Uh, and then, of course, the other side, uh, which is the most uh, uh, seamless, is that uh, you could, uh, as an event organizer, uh, either have people reuse the same tickets or uh, be getting some uh, cheaper uh, tickets for the uh, next editions uh, outside of those use cases. Uh, is there any other specific ones that you're uh, excited about when it comes to uh, Web3 tickets?
1: Yeah, for me, it's... Uh, one thing would be the... And this would really start the base. And this is probably uh, too early. As you mentioned, I think it's the same issue that you mentioned that the people are not Web3 ready yet. But um, if you think about... Um, in itself as a sales channel, then that you do Just deploy uh, an NFT, like you deploy an artwork and then on the marketplace, um, like it would show up. So you would uh, see it. You wouldn't need, um, ticketing platform and so on itself. Uh, instead you would have maybe only some kind of way, uh, to create, create the NFT itself. But then, um, when it comes yeah, to the sales of the, uh, the, um, the tickets, it would be interesting if this can be listed everywhere and can be found everywhere. And um, so that you are not relying on any event provider site, but instead could rely on a decentralized marketplace where you could look up events all over the world, uh, which are issued as an NFT. That would be something um, I would like to see.
0: Yeah, uh, that's kind of the thing that uh, Enter uh, XYZ is doing, the partner that we are uh, looking to work with. But of course, uh, it's it's still early days, and uh, we would be only one of the first events uh, uh, utilizing their service. So uh, let's see how it goes. But uh, personally, I'm also uh, very interested about it to see uh, what we can do uh, on that side. Yeah, right. So here, uh, as the title uh, for today's episode, we also have uh, a digital ID for economy. So when it comes to the creator economy, specifically, then uh, uh, how are you involved there these days? And uh, what excites you there?
1: Um, for me, it... The... One of the starting points also, which I didn't mention in before, it was decentralized autonomous organizations, which found together. And um, basically, yeah, I joined a few of them and participated in a few projects. But um, for me, it was clearly a new step um, for, for freelancers, right? It, it can be any position, uh, you, you name it. But um, um, for me, this is a really interesting field. And this goes over all um, job types, right? So each company could be basically found as a decentralized automation. And that I found very interesting. Um, even though, of course, part of the creative economy at the moment is probably digital art, music, and so on. So these are all the spaces I, I see. Um, But I think there's more than that.
0: Okay. So when it comes to DAOs, uh, do you uh, primarily see them uh, interesting from the greater economy side? Or uh, do you also see them uh, interesting from a potential way how to run big businesses in the future? Or what what really excites you there?
1: Um, What really excites me There is, yeah, also a decentralization that you found a team from all over the world and uh, work easy and somehow also permissionless together. And I see it more for startups and creator economies. So for the creator economy, where maybe um, a bunch of artists, musicians, and so on, could fund together and build their own label or whatever. Because when it comes to big companies and so on, I found it a bit unrealistic at some point. I think what I've seen uh, with DAOs that as a, as a certain size, it will be very difficult to handle this whole thing. It might be very efficient for smaller teams, uh, but for very, very big companies, uh, I, I would expect that it's relatively complicated to to govern the whole thing.
0: Yeah, that uh, has been the uh, antithesis for uh, DAOs for some time, that uh, when it comes to a team of uh, five or ten friends uh, uh, deciding things together, then uh, it's super easy. But uh, once you uh, have hundreds or even thousands of people involved, then uh, a pure DAO uh, perhaps is too much of a utopia uh, or even a kind of like a socialist utopia, uh, unless it has some sort of managed uh, DAO part. And in, in this case, the question is, how does it uh, really differentiate from uh, uh, the normal enterprise model, uh, which in essence also has a, a, a pool of uh, shareholders that you could say are decentralized. And then you have a... Uh, managing team that's uh, actually running it so when you uh, face with uh, this type of an argument against DAOs then uh, uh, how would you uh, defend it or uh, say that uh, no DAOs are still uh, different and uh, even if they are, would be managed DAOs they could still uh, work much better than uh, uh, some other models
1: yeah for me the main difference is here: a manager can be also a shareholder of a big company, but uh, for me, the main thing is that the yeah the DAO members are also the employees, so they are the owners of the company. Um, of course, not they usually not holding hundred percent, because also. Um, yeah, the users or the customers are usually part of, of the DAO itself and they also have some shares and might be other parties involved who just investors who hold some shares. But I think in general, the um, or who, own many shares is uh, very different in a DAO, in, at least in a, a DAO. I would aim for, I would say. Okay.
0: But uh, having uh, been thinking about uh, DAOs and uh, how they could be a, a feature, uh, important uh, uh, type of organization, then uh, what do you see? Uh, what is needed for uh, this to become reality as well? So that uh, uh, actual uh, organizations, not just uh, groups of people would want to
1: uh, utilize DAOs. Yeah, that's the main point here, and that's relatively easy to answer for, I would say, is regulation. Um, because at the moment, in I think only in the US, and maybe also in Switzerland or Liechtenstein, I'm not so sure, but mainly only in the US it's regulated that you can found a company uh, or a DAO as a company, as, or as a legal registered entity and in all other countries as far as i know it's more of a gray zone at the moment and i think people will um, only consider it um, for serious business cases if they can really fund it as a as a legal entity and then the second point is of course web 3 adoption in general so with all adoption of wallets and so on uh, this is all also not going to happen, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: and so do you see any particular, uh, restrictions already uh, looking at, uh, regulating DAOs, or, uh, or it's mostly talk still and the real actions.
1: Um. I would say a lot of talk, a lot of talk, but um, I can see that in Germany, they are working on it. So some lawyers and um, are together involved uh, with the government here on working out things like that. But I would estimate that will last a few years until we will see that in regulation here.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's, uh, that's a good part for uh, initial introduction on uh, who you are. It's, uh speaks that uh, interest you. And uh, for everything else, uh, I hope that people will be joining us uh, at NFT Tallinn in person to uh, see you speak and uh, to also have uh, conversations with you and learn more about... Uh, the concepts that we covered today so with that said i would uh, like to open it uh, for questions uh, from those that are here so if there's anyone that uh, wants to ask a question uh, please request for a speaker role and uh, we'll have you uh, come up and uh, ask a question until we wait for that then uh, something i learned uh, today was that uh, Siemens uh, was uh, just using, uh, I think NFTs to issue a bond of uh, over fifty millions or something like that. Do you know anything about that as it's uh, happened in Germany?
1: Yeah, actually, I saw a lot of posts of it because um, yeah, I know also some people who were involved of it. And actually, uh, one yeah, the um, Union Investment here, I think, and some lawyers. Were supporting um, them in making this trade um, or making this whole bond uh, work on chain, and actually, interestingly enough, they have used the polygon chain for that, which I personally like. As I mentioned, um, I would like to see industry on the public blockchain, and just this case, actually, this happened now, um, and it was um, really. Um, a milestone, there I think, and it was really um, a lot um, here in social media or on LinkedIn and so on, the newspaper, as this was um, really a step forward, I would say, in that direction in the adoption of blockchain technology in the financial industry, and therefore I think a really interesting use case.
0: What makes me ask the kind of wonder is. Uh, Why did they actually have to use uh, blockchain here? Or was it uh, mostly just a a marketing gimmick again?
1: It could also be the case that they are, yeah, showing in some way that uh, they are able to do it now because I think they have been working on uh, these topics for quite a few years and I'm not 100% sure if it would have been worked out without a blockchain, but at least I think they wanted to show what they are capable of and that they are now ready for it somehow, I could imagine.
0: Yeah. Uh, What do you think, will this have a actual effect where, uh, now that it's done by someone, quite a big company, uh, on a public uh, network, uh, could we expect that uh, more companies are
1: uh, following suit? Yeah, I could imagine that, and also um, not only companies but also uh, private investors or just privately interested people. If trusted institutions um, go into 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 that market, I think it it yeah it raises awareness and. Oh, Um, Yeah, people will get interested in that and maybe check it out and so I would expect both um, a push and adoption here for the retail investors but also for the companies um, who are falling on that and maybe some um, are even now under pressure that they want to follow um, these steps
0: I think what excites me the most is uh, the legal implications Uh, because uh, if someone like uh, Siemens uh, would do anything like that, like they did. Then I'm sure that their lawyers first had uh, weeks, if not months, of uh, discussions with the local regulators, and uh, this could really help to uh, make make it so that the regulators uh, understand the space a little bit better, and also uh, perhaps start accepting it uh, more for uh, certain uh, uh, types of use cases. So. Uh, I'm, I'm eager to see if uh, any uh, discussions or any documents uh, start coming out about uh, this site and uh, who is involved and uh, what they are thinking about it.
1: Yeah. But actually, <clears throat> there were quite some players <clears throat> involved in that. So, a bank and also several other players were involved. Oh, I didn't know that. <clears throat> yeah, so actually, um, several lawyers, <clears throat> and I would say two banks were somehow involved in that whole. Problem. So that made me wonder a bit because I would expect that it would work with a bit less intermediaries, as supposed in decentralized finance and so on. But in the end, there were actually quite many players involved in that step. So that's something which maybe make me a bit skeptical about it.
0: Okay. So, uh, are you thinking that uh, it must uh, be something where they're full play and uh, they uh, actually aren't using uh, blockchain to the uh, full level of things? Or is it rather just the des- decentralization aspect that uh, uh, you're worrying about uh, while? blockchain was uh, most likely still uh, used to the full extent.
1: I think that the um, regulation, at least in Germany, it's that complicated because they can, even if they would want to, I think they cannot make it happen um, Yeah, directly, peer-to-peer, let's say.
0: Could be so, uh, because to a certain extent Uh, There have been uh, similar, uh, smaller uh, cases where I know that uh, in Germany, there was a a beer company that was uh, uh, more or less uh, funded uh, through the sale of NFTs. And there have been uh, uh, different, uh, like uh, there was a farm in Estonia, uh, a chicken farm that was funding their investments uh, through NFTs as well. Uh,
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, and uh, it was also an interesting use case, the Metabrew Society, they're called here in Germany, um, yeah. which had founded their company by it. And yeah, but I think this was, I'm not quite sure how they actually, as it is some kind of, if they could really do it as a utility token or if it in the end was a security token.
0: When it comes to Metabrew, then as they are, uh, Joining us at United uh, Helen's World. And I know that uh, they uh, were keeping quite an interesting case where they aren't actually giving away any equity, uh, nor like a usual utility. Instead, uh, people were more or less buying uh, uh, the promise to get a certain amount of beer uh, for the next uh, three years. And in case the company is doing better, uh, and will continue going after this three years, then they would uh, more or less have a lifetime supply of uh, a beer. Uh, and uh, uh, there's some other methods where they are able to become ambassadors or retailers or other, other partners uh, for the company. So it wasn't kind of like a direct investment into a brewery, but uh, still uh, they did it uh, with a purpose to uh, earn Uh, revenue so that they could uh, uh, make it happen. So it's kind of like a tricky thing. And I think that until the regulatory uh, space is clear, uh, most of the uh, cases will be uh, this type of uh, uh, tricky things. But now with uh, the Siemens uh, bond sale uh, case, uh, that's what really excites me to see uh, what can be possible in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's see what we are going, what will be possible in the upcoming years. But in general, I also agree it's a a good sign. I think that big players and also trusting the technology.
0: Yeah. Again, let me repeat. Anyone here wants to come and ask a question. uh, You have a chance to do it uh, now by uh, getting a speaker role and asking a question from Mark. But of course, if you uh, don't want to do it uh, now, then uh, join us at NFT Italian, and you'll be able to do it in person, privately, in a decentralized way. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Uh, Other than all of this, what we have already uh, been covering, uh, is there something that you uh, wish that we would be uh, discussing today, here
1: I think we have, have at least covered um, uh, the main parts which are fascinating me about Web3 and the creator economy and so on. So, at the moment, um, nothing more comes to my mind. What about you?
0: Yeah. I I think I I got the full overview of uh, of Mark and also learned a bunch about uh, what Frankfurt school is doing so that's that's already uh, loads. load um when it comes to people that uh, might want to contact you then uh, what are the uh, best ways to do that
1: um either here on twitter I think yeah those who are here um can You'll probably like to contact me in twitter but other than that i um, usually use linkedin so as my mind serves i would say and yeah if you're looking for the programs and so on you can also see it in on my linkedin or twitter or go to web3-talents.io there you will also find all the information about the programs and so on and yeah if you're interested in any of them you can also let me know and. Yeah, I can just say thanks, um, thanks for hosting me here today.
0: Thank you for coming. And I'm uh, super excited to meet in person in May.
1: Yeah, also looking forward.
0: That's all for today's episode of NFT Telling Talk. I appreciate all of you for tuning in, and I hope you'll chime in for our next episode. Make sure to subscribe and rate this podcast if you found it valuable it really helps us out. I encourage you all to visit nfttalin.com to learn more about the event and grab a ticket when you're ready. I promise you the experience in Estonia will be a worthwhile one. Bye-bye.